The first question is, who is being stressed out by life and doesn't want to be? Okay, some hands go up. All right. Well, the good news is you've got a choice. You don't have to be. So because you are, it's because you're making a choice to suffer or be stressful or be uncomfortable or to be incongruent with reality. So why do you think you are in that position? Why are you suffering? I'm asking you personally. It's your personal suffering, right? I imagine projecting into a future, using my imagination to, to do so and taking me out of the present moment. Okay. All right. So it seems to me that you know your problem and you know your solution too. So the real question is, why aren't you employing that wisdom that you have to relieve yourself of the stress that you feel? What is it about the stress that you feel that you are willing to own it and hold on to it? It's really an old habitual pattern that slowly letting go of. And uh, by noticing it, I think I will. I hope so. Unless you want to hold on to it. Okay. So we have these three time zones that we can live in. The future, the past, and the present. And you're acknowledging that you are living in the future. Which is terrifically stressful because there's nothing we can do about it because it doesn't exist yet. We can't fix it because it's hasn't manifested yet. So, let it go. Craving and clinging, let it go. Come back to the present moment. What is one of the things that brings you in the present moment is focusing on something in the present moment as opposed to telegraphing or projecting a future existence. Okay? You want to try? Yes. All right. So in my case, yeah, the certainty of something coming up in the future, um, taking your point just now, I, I realize what I could do about it is rather than worry about how things could go in this mm. future event, mm -hmm. I could focus on what can I do about it right now maybe I can take some steps to prepare. It's usually associated with work or something like that. Okay. The wisdom tells us that the things we worry about, the things that we are projecting that will happen in the future, do they always come true? No. No, very rarely, right? So we spend this inordinate amount of time worrying about things that don't come to pass and going, Phew, Dodge that bullet. <laughs> okay. The, the concept behind these questions, the idea behind these questions and revelations are, again, that we have a choice about whether we suffer or not. 
And we see that it is not the external reality that is creating our suffering. It is our choices that we make internally that create our suffering. You know, we blame other people for sure. We blame other experiences for sure. But the reality, the truth is that it's all our doing. It's our manifestation. It's our making. You know? And when we know that, when we know we have a choice and we're making it ourselves, then we can liberate ourselves from it by making a different choice. And I'm glad you came this morning to find that out. The young lady in the back. I didn't know I had anything to say this morning. (laughs) (laughs) I think most of my suffering comes from my perceptions and my judgments. Um, And currently right now my, and also um, personally right now my suffering is coming from attachment. Okay. And grief. So that's what's currently going on. But I would, in reflection, say that most of my suffering comes from in here, in my mind, with how I'm viewing, how I'm perceiving, you know, whatever is coming up for me. And, and I recognize that a lot of the way that I'm perceiving life and the world around me, and including the relationship to self, mm-hmm. which is a whole other chapter that I'm yes. confused about, um, is false. I have false ideas and beliefs, which comes from the conditioning that I just adopted, imprinted somewhere along the way. Mm-hmm. And I find that this process has been a little bit of an undoing. And currently, for me, that's very painful. And there's my suffering. So. We often ask ourselves, uh, tell me the truth. Well, that's all we ask our friends and our partners to do is to tell us the truth. But we find that we are incapable of accepting the truth once we hear it. And our suffering is not created by the truth, it's created by the dilemma we have within ourselves about whether we want that to be the experience or we want it to be different. Again, the basic revelation is that I'm suffering because I choose to. And I have an alternative method by which to bring me peace and steadiness. And so the question is, well, why am I holding on to my suffering? Why why is it that I think my suffering, or I'm worthy of the suffering that I'm experiencing? You know, some people tell us or have told us that we're not worth anything other than to suffer, to have bad experiences. And like you say, we take that imprint on and make it come alive. So, you've given it enough. Now it's time to let it go. You agree? Okay. So because the mind is empty and reality is empty, we can make it anything we want. It's like a coloring book. We can, we can choose what crayons we use to form the coloration. So it's about 
rebuilding your reality, dismissing what is already present because it's not working for you, obviously, and rebuilding it, making it anything you want it to be. That's your power. Okay? First of all, welcome back. How do you get that strong so you're able to do that? It's like sometimes I really think I have it together and then it's like I go back in the world and it's like, wow, where was I? <laughs> Everything is created by mind. And what we learn is the way we see things is the way we see things. If I don't like it the way I see it, I can change it and see it a different way. The exercise is just to go into the experience and redefine it. Or we've heard it said this way. Find something good in the bad that we see. It isn't, it's never all bad. There's always something good we can find. And so in rearranging the particles of trash and garbage, if we find a treasure in that same heap, and we focus on that, and that becomes the moment of reality. So we find that we don't have to hold on to the... the bad news, we can make it something different. We can make it something else. So the first thing to do is to let go of what you're holding on to that is stressing you out. You, know, you can't do anything about that. Okay. Now that we've taken care of the easy part, Well, again, I'm not being flippant. I'm just saying it is easy. Once we realize we have a choice, that we have made it the way it is and we can unmake it and make it something different, we can repack it and make it different. That's empowering. The fact that we realize we've got a choice, that's empowering. Now, the hard part. Can we hear silence? That's the test question. Who thinks we can hear silence? Okay. All right. Are you talking the, you know, from a philosophical perspective or from a straight up sensory audiological perspective? 
and there's the gate. I'm not talking about the tree in the forest falling and nobody being there. <laughs> My question was, are you talking from an auditory, sensory perspective or a deeper philosophical perspective before we answer that question? I'm being straight up and simple. <laughs> Can you hear silence? All right. Can you hear what's not there? All right. So this informs us then that we've got another mode of consciousness awareness to utilize to be aware of silence. Yeah? We talk a lot about the sense gates and the consciousness that arises at each of the gates that makes us know, aware that there is something, an object that is vying for our attention. But what I'd like to bring our attention to is that there is a subtler form of consciousness aside from the sixth sense consciousnesses that we talk about that are impermanent and fleeting and arising and passing away. There is a consciousness that's stable, that's present, that's deep, that holds on to and reveals and knows all there is to know. Now, before you go to that consciousness as an expression of self, stop it. Because that consciousness contains all things except you and me. There is no knower in this consciousness. There's just knowing. Any questions? Yes, Dina. I'm going to re-answer the question and see if I'm kind of on the right tangent. You may not recognize or be able to hear silence, but at both the sensory and conscious level, you are able to perceive or recognize the absence or presence of, and then make a choice to either attend to or not. But at both levels, you are you do have the adaptability to recognize the absence or presence of a sensory input or a conscious input and then make decisions based on that. So you may not hear the silence and black may be an absence of all color, but you are able to recognize the presence or absence of it through your sense gates and your consciousness. So what we're saying is we're talking about 
and awareness. Yes. Is that where you were going? That's where it is. A knowing. That's what consciousness is, being conscious is knowing. We talk about awakening. We talk about being present. So what we're talking about is an experience, a playing field where we can have a deeper knowing of reality, a deeper experience with reality that is not subject to the arising and passing away of dharma or phenomena. But that is a field, a place where we can get in touch with everything that arises and falls. Because we have that awareness of presence or absence. When we talk about the void, when we talk about emptiness, we know that we're not talking about nothingness. We're talking about an absence of something specific. Yes? Good morning. Good morning. I've been spending a fair amount of time sitting on my porch looking at nature. And what I'm working with right now is how quickly I conceptualize the clouds. So I'm trying to be aware when that happens and come back to the breath or to calm, joy, equanimity. Am I on the right path? Is it bringing you peace? Doing that exercise, is it bringing you peace? Yes. Are you on the right path? Thank you. As soon as um, you ask the question, can you hear, can you hear silence? Was that, can you hear silence? As soon as you said that, I just realized that in order for me to hear silence, I couldn't be there. That I had to drop that away. That was the first thing that came to me. There was another hole. I had to be out to experience and hear silence. (laughs) Wonderful. So am I correct to think that this is the, like one of the stories where the Buddha has a friend over and uh, the Buddha asked the friend to pour the, the full jar of water out. And he asked his friend, so is the jar empty? And his friend said, yes, indeed it is empty. And the Buddha said, no, it's actually full of air. Mm-hmm. So with the absence of one is the presence of another. Well, with the absence of nothing is the presence of all things. I'll buy that. <laughs> Soul to the guy in the green shirt. <laughs> okay. So, if there's no more profundity to share, 
Let's go inside and access this place. Is everybody ready? Some of the Zen masters have called this the big mind. The all-encompassing consciousness. Be careful. The first trap, the first thing we always do is then begin by saying, I am conscious. And right away you've missed the bus. You can't experience it. So, let's very softly close our eyes. And listen.
Now let's include bodily feeling.
Let's include the rising and falling of mental proliferation.
I want to thank those who trusted us enough to share. You know, nobody likes to show their test paper unless they get an A. So uh, thank you so much for your trust. We appreciate it. Try to reside in that space of allness, knowing this as much as possible. You will um, begin to share that need of ownership with consciousness. And you will find that your stressors and your suffering will fall off. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.